So greetings and salutations. I'm Ryan McNeil in Toronto, Canada. This is the matinee cast postcard from the Toronto International Film Festival. We call these Wicked Little Town. This is Wicked Little Town 2023. It is Saturday uh, morning still, barely. Uh, September 16th. 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 Um, we're sitting in the heart of uh, Festival Street. You can probably actually hear it's actually kind of a quiet Festival Street right now. A lot of the uh, a lot of the circus is left. Yeah, really. Um, this area will be buzzing tonight when there is the um, the closing night gala uh, just in front of us here at Roy Thompson Hall. Uh, it'll be buzzing tomorrow night when there's the People's Choice Award screens there. Right now, it's just kind of, as my guest here, uh, who I have yet to introduce, said, the, the calm before the storm. My guest is uh, Jolie Featherstone. How are you, Jolie Featherstone? I'm well, thank you, and I'm doing even better. You've just, you've, with you've, you. just, you've just been a text bubble on my phone all week. We I haven't actually crossed paths until now. That, that's my one regret of the week, is that I thought I would be able to spend so much more time with people, mm. and schedules have always been so tough to line up, so I'm so grateful we're actually getting this chance to meet in person and talk. It's funny, because it's a little trickier now that um, a larger... Uh, block of the festival is assigned seating because it used to be that you would run into people in line right. and then you would sit together in line and then you'd go for a beer or something after or you know whatever but now that, that you, people are kind of slipping in a few minutes before because they know where their seat is the line culture has, has fallen away that is a very good point. I truly do miss, uh, as much as I love the Royal Alex, I think it's such a beautiful theater, mm -hmm. I miss Midnight Madness at the university. Oh, yeah. That, the line culture Yeah, there, sitting on the wall. And, yeah, the, the general admission, you know, finding your seats and, like, everyone, you'd make friends in line, sit together, or you'd hold a spot for someone, they finally would get in the theater and you could sit together. Yeah. Um, I, I do miss that culture. I mean, the other funny thing that I just realized is... We don't quite know where we're at with social media either. Like every, for, the, for a good 10 years there, everybody was on Twitter. So if you were tweeting that you were having pizza at such and such a place and you saw that, you would be like, oh, Jolie is having pizza over at this place. I'm going to just go say hello because I'm in the, in the neighborhood. But because we're now on this platform and that platform and that platform and none of it's centralized, yes. you know, it's it's a little harder to keep up with people. That's one of the things I miss That's about, about the... Uh, the, the, the formerly bird app not being quite as uh, prominent with, with festival goers. Yeah, I've definitely uh, kind of had some personal struggles with, you know, balancing out not necessarily wanting to be super active on the platform formerly known as Twitter, um, but also so many people who um, I admire and so many people who I consider friends um, share their content on there. Um, I tend to share a lot of my content on there, so it's been it's it's been a finding a balance of yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, how has your TIFF been? You saw how many films? Let's start there. Um, so I actually haven't counted uh, the official number, but I want to say right now I'm at about fourteen. Okay. Um, and I still have three more to go. So that's a good week. Anytime you're like anytime you're going and seeing between ten and twenty, mm -hmm. that's you know you can still eat. Yes. You can still sleep. Yes. You can remember most of them once you get. North of 20 and certainly north of 30. Mm -hmm. That's when they really start to blur. I've done that before, the that kind of 30 range. Yeah. And it was great. But mind you, I was also working full time when I Ooh. did that. I was volunteering, plus seeing films. So 
that was a whole other level of sleep deprivation, <laughs> whereas this festival, I feel as if I'm actually getting a well-rounded festival. That's good. That's good. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm having a reduced tiff again. This is um, the second one in a row for me where it's smaller. Um, I Just my schedule, I'm traveling at the end of the month, so I couldn't dedicate time or money um, to doing a full-blown tiff. I ended up seeing seven films, which is still a nice little package. There was a teeny teeny little bit of FOMO going on through the course of the week just because uh, you know knowing people were seeing a lot of stuff not that far away from mm-hmm. where I am now in the city you live right in the heart of it all yeah it's 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 kind of bananas um, but so so it was it was a you know it wasn't like in years past there was one year where I only saw one mm-hmm. um, just because of what was happening in the uh, in my life at the time right. isn't like that you know, like seeing one and really feeling like I'm missing out. Mm-hmm. Um, seven, you know what? Listen, if the rest of my life I see seven films in a festival, I'll be very happy. Absolutely. You know, that, that's, that's a really good way to go. Uh, how have the films been for you? Um, they've been great. I mean, I feel as if I've been very lucky <laughs> with some of the films that I've had a chance to see. Um, this year was also an interesting year for me because it was my first year as a credit press. Okay. So that... Uh, kind of opened up a lot of uh, extra opportunities to see um, films at parts and industry screenings that might have been harder to see um, through the public schedule. Sure. Um, and seeing some of like the industry conferences, still one of my favorite things that I've, that I've seen or attended this festival was um, the Visionaries talk with Guillermo del Toro. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, how could that not be amazing? Right, right. Um, so it's been a fantastic week. I, I really give... Um, kudos to you know the programmers and the filmmakers who have you know made a point to to come and share their films with us that's i mean that that sounds great um i i'm i'm very much in a in a similar boat in that so far with one film to go uh all of my films have been um either good or great mm-hmm. um you know you really kind of worry about that when it is a smaller you know if you're if you're doing 30 yeah and you know you're five or clunkers no but i mean if five are clunkers yeah Oh well, you know, six yeah. percent of your of your slate, or like a small portion of your slate, wasn't great. Yeah. But the rest of them were all good. If you're doing seven and two of them are bad, you're you're really not having a great week. Yeah. Uh, but they've all been varying levels of um, good or great. I want to kind of skip to something I was texting you about earlier mm-hmm. on this week. How have you found the vibe this year? The the I'm operating under a theory that things are a little different here in festival lands yeah. this year and and I, I more and more I feel like I'm able to prove it a little bit more as time has gone on mm-hmm. how, how have you found it yeah I mean we've we've chatted about this as well and I kind of went into the festival anticipating it being a little bit quieter um, a little bit less about like the Hollywood glitz and glam um, which in on one side of things I think that was kind of cool because that would give a lot more attention to international films, Canadian films, independent sure. productions. Yeah, yeah. At the same time, I was a little bit worried about like the like the financial success of the festival, given that, you know, they're losing one of their title sponsors, and if they're not going to get the crowds who come specifically just to say, oh, I saw so-and-so's film, or I saw so-and-so on the red carpet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was kind of anticipating it to be a quieter festival, and I think it has been in terms of like the red carpets. I've certainly... When I walk by the red carpets, I don't see the, I would say, volume of fans that you normally know, sure, see. Sure, sure. That said, um, I have been pleasantly surprised by a few showings that I truly thought, oh, like there's going to be no one there. And I went and I like very pleasantly have been able to see like lots of full or almost full cinemas, which is great. Um, 
for example, I saw Songs of Earth, which is a documentary um, out of Norway the other day, and it was like a weekday morning, like 1130. <laughs> right. And I truly thought, oh, it's going to be you and six people. Exactly. Yeah. And it was packed. And huh. actually, it had the most thunderous applause I've heard at the festival. Origin and Songs of Earth got the biggest, like most enthused, roused crowd at okay. the end that I... Huh. than th that I've seen so far and I was truly like surprised but happy to see such a great turnout for a film like that. Yeah, um, I'm, uh, you know, it, it brings me no pleasure to say this but something is off mm -hmm. this year. Uh, they were going to be handcuffed already by the writer's strike mm -hmm. and the actor's strike especially. When the actors went on strike it was already mid-July and by that point most of TIFF's festival was locked. Mm -hmm. So if they were hoping that Michael Fassbender was going to come and run, walk the red carpet, mm -hmm. or um, Jessica, I mean, Jessica Chastain did, did come, come and walk the red, red carpet. But, you know, like, if, if A-listers mm -hmm. were going to come and walk the red carpet, they lost many of them yes. in that spot, um, especially from the uh, studio yeah, productions. Yeah, yeah. The productions by companies that, well, films that, first of all, are not yet picked up, mm -hmm. and films that are uh, independent, they were able to come, but still, you could see that it was less of them. Yeah. And, you know, I don't want to kind of put a class system on the talent, mm -hmm. but, you know, like, Sandra Bullock wasn't here this mm -hmm. year. Julia Roberts wasn't mm -hmm. here this year. George Clooney wasn't here this year. You know, other people who were not involved in Ocean's movies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But so there's, so there's that. First of all, just the tone overall was down. For me, attendance seemed way down. Mm -hmm. I was talking to a mutual friend of ours on Tuesday night while I was waiting for a film to begin in front of one of the theaters. And I said, I should not be able to swing my arms like this for this long mm -hmm. while I'm talking to you without clocking at least three people. Mm -hmm. And I, I was still swinging them as I talked to mm -hmm. it. So... I'm a little bit concerned for where TIFF goes from here. You mentioned already they lost their lead sponsor this year. Um, that news broke just before the festival yeah. was about to happen. I'm sure that, that they were thrilled about that. Yeah. I'm not worried that another corporate sponsor isn't going to come in and help them. I don't know if they're going to have a 35-year relationship mm -hmm. like they did with Bell. Mm -hmm. But there are other Canadian corporate sponsors that would be happy to slap their name on all of this and get that kind of exposure. I truly hope so. I really but yeah, but so. that's that's been my running theory is this year something is something's off. Yeah, it is definitely quieter and I um, for example, I think some like scheduling changes or like last minute additions, um, for example, Origin, you know, being a film that we both really loved at this festival, um, was kind of announced later, you know, yeah. it was announced, oh hey, we're gonna have the uh, premiere here like I think they announced it after the festival already started yeah if, they, if it wasn't opening day it was like day two exactly and it was like a weekday afternoon screening yeah so already you know that's a it's a bit challenging because anyone that has you know who has anticipated coming to TIFF <clears throat> has probably already you know uh, accounted for their budget their time their schedule so I there have been some kind of changes to the schedule which may have impacted that but I do agree that overall the strikes um, Leading to like the reduced kind of like a list star power led to some. I mean, the other thing, the other thing that we need to recognize too is when a ticket to a midday screening is thirty three dollars, yes. and you know the cost of everything is going up. Yes. They may have finally reached the point where 
they have maxed out how much they can charge. That is a good point. For yeah. a, we for, are in a cost of living crisis. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that was, you know, that was one of the reasons why I didn't do as many. It wasn't a lack of access. There were a lot of films that I could have piled on mm -hmm. to my seven, especially with having several weekdays off in between. But it was just, I, you know, I was like, I can't keep on adding them on a la carte yes. at 30 bucks a pop. Yes. Um, you know, let's focus now on some of the things that were good and mm -hmm. we did enjoy. What were some of the standout movies that you saw this week? Oh my goodness. Um, Did you have a favorite? I, so as I still have three films to go, but right now my favorite film that I've seen thus far is Origin by Ava DuVernay. Tell people about um, that because it, it yeah. kind of came out of, not, I don't want to say nowhere, but it's kind of, it, it's, it's come to the surface very quick. Yes, yeah. yes. It premiered, I want to say at Venice, is that right? Yes. Venice. And it got like, um, like a very long standing ovation. I heard some people say a nine minute standing ovation, but um, it, it was added to the TIP program quite late and, and quite sort of like as a surprise. Um, I, being a fan of Ava DuVernay, was kind of like, you know what? I'm going to make this work. I'm yeah. going to make a point to go see this film. So, and I, I am so glad that I did. It's uh, essentially, I, it's, it's a very innovative approach because it's not quite an adaptation or an essay uh, or cinematic essay of um, Isabella Wilkerson's book, Cast. Yeah. Um, it's almost... Um, and it's almost a biopic, but it's really approaching um, the book from the perspective of the author who underwent a huge, you know, personal tragedy, um, but still underwent this incredible project of researching, traveling all over the world to, to get sources and to learn about um, the caste system throughout history and, and oppression throughout history. So it's a very innovative film in that I was not I was kind of anticipating like a spotlight where it's yeah. very much focused on the biopic aspect, and yeah. like the research aspect, but the film also does um, almost um, cinematically adapt portions of the book or, or footnotes from the book. It itself. illustrates her theory. Like, I mean, yes. I've read that book. I don't yes. know if you've read it. I unfortunately have not. Okay. I, I read it because of course I have. Yeah. Um, and when I learned about the project, I'm like, mm -hmm. Wait, we're doing what? How are we going to bring uh, this to life? Yeah, I'm like, it's a, it's an incredible book, but mm -hmm. how? Mm -hmm. And it turns into this lovely nesting doll of yes. the story, and then the story being told within the story, and then even how do you make the story um, digestible mm -hmm. for the layman? Like, mm -hmm. you know, we are not doing it any favors mm -hmm. right now in terms yeah. of how we're trying to there's, describe it. Yeah, off because the cut, there's just no way there's I no I there's no two sentence blur for the back of the box <laughs> yeah. if you're old enough to remember when things had a blur about the back of the oh, box um i'm with you that was actually that was my favorite yeah. of the week um ava and i have a standing agreement she makes movies i go yeah. um <laughs> and i didn't know what to expect as mm -hmm. i said I, it, it, it's deeply moving um it's it's at, at, at times it's a hard watch mm -hmm. but it's not eating your vegetables mm -hmm. i mean at times it's funny mm -hmm. you know um and it played i saw the second showing of it um behind us at the uh, princess of wales theater mm -hmm. um got a rousing ovation um from from a normal crowd not from a that's the one thing is that when it's not the production company leading the charge mm -hmm. on the standing ovation it's like okay this is an actual yeah. standing ovation it didn't go on for minutes and minutes and minutes it was a respectful standing ovation yeah. <laughs> um, but it was enthusiastic yeah what else what else have you loved this week um i so origin is my my favorite i also absolutely adored uproar 
Um, What's Uproar? So that is a beautiful and funny uh, coming-of-age film out of New Zealand Okay. Um, by Hamish Bennett and Paul Middleditch, um, starring Julian Dennison. Now you're just making up names. I'm just making things Jolie up. Jolie Featherstone, you're like, no, this will, I am going to make up names that rival my own and just... I got, I got to do the long last name people justice. Yes, you do. I have a 13-letter long last name, um, so I feel their pain. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a beautiful coming-of-age film. It's dramedy um, and centers around a young Maori uh, teenager um, living in uh, a very, I would say, tumultuous time in New Zealand's history um, in the early 80s when the South African rugby team came to do a tour of New Zealand. Okay. And there was protests around the country, people protesting the government for allowing South Africa to come in, uh, given their apartheid policy. Then there was kind of like the reaction uh, the, the reactionary group to that who were kind of like, oh, politics getting in the way of my favorite sport, right. sit down and be quiet. And then there's also another perspective of the indigenous peoples of New Zealand kind of being like, yeah, we support the protests, but where have you all been when we are still living under oppression in our This own is country? fiction. This is, this is not a documentary. It is fiction. But it's based on, on based real events. Okay. On, um, the, based on the times. Um, the directors did say, you know, they, they drew from some of their own experiences growing up during that time, but it is a fiction film. Sounds great. I it's gotta, wonderful. I gotta catch up with that. The other one that really stood out to me, I mean, again, uh, six films in the in the can already. All six were really liked to love mm -hmm. in somewhere in that little pocket. Um, I think I want to call out to just because I actually just was talking with the director in the coffee shop on the way out before. I was wondering yeah, yeah. Talking, yeah I, but I, I didn't was like, want to interrupt. I was like, hey, are you? Um, so there's a director, her name is Minhal Bag. She directed Hala a few years ago, starring um, Geraldine Vishwanathan. Um, oh, she's she, Yeah, it's a, it's a gorgeous film. It's on Apple TV, if you have Apple TV. Um, beautiful, beautiful movie, watch it. Uh, she directed another uh, film called uh, We Grown Now, mm -hmm. about uh, life uh, in the uh, Cabrini Green um, area of Chicago, uh, you know, low-income housing, um, very, very dense housing, the kind of neighborhood that's in a lot of major American cities that kind of started out as one thing that got turned into another thing thanks to redlining and profiling and all these other things that are terrible. Um, but, again, kind of sounds like eating your vegetables. So very much not. It's a gorgeous story of these two kids, these two boys, um, and their friendship. One of them is raised by a single mom, the other one's raised by a single dad. They are, you know, they, they are just making their way through life. They're doing what teenage boys do. They're talking about the bulls. They're seeing who can jump highest at the playground. Um, and it's stunning. It is just like, if I, I hazarded to say this, if she was a dude, we'd be talking about her in the same breath as Terrence Malick. Mm -hmm. um, she, her, her visuals are stunning. Her sound um, design is even more stunning because she uses it to build out this world. She actually shot it on stages because <laughs> the neighborhood is gone. Um, so she shot it on sound stages, but she's like, I can't shoot a film about a dense neighborhood on a sterile stage mm -hmm. and make it sound lived in and make it feel lived in. So how do I do that? So she did that through the mix. Um, yeah, it's a gorgeous film. I really hope that more and more people learn about Min Hellbag. Um, just adored it. It got another warm ovation as well. Um, yeah, she, she's, she's very much becoming that person for me. She makes a movie at TIFF, I go.
and I love that you got to share that with her. Yeah, yeah it was, it was, I, was, I was like, nah, she's gone by now. I was like, oh, hey, how you doing? Um, just before we wrap up, um, have uh, all the films you've seen all, what did we say, 14, 16? Around there, yeah. Yeah. Were there any themes that popped out for you, like a common, you know, because sometimes it's, it's a complete crapshoot mm -hmm. when you're choosing these things. And, you know, a lot of times you're choosing them on availability. A lot of times you're choosing them on, you know, maybe you go into it with an approach of a certain platform or a certain country. I, you know, people probably know by now. I go into it trying to see films by women, which has actually breathed a whole new life into this festival for me. Um, but, you know, you're going on, you're not really being able to do a lot of research. Mm -hmm. You have to kind of go by your gut and go by sometimes just, oh, that's got an interesting picture mm -hmm. uh, in the guide. Where the, so as they play, sometimes you find that little trends are kind of going through. Were any trends coming through on your... That's a great question because I do find um, most years there is some, or I or I tend to notice. Oh, there's kind of some running yeah. themes or patterns here, and I don't know whether that's informed like by myself, like sort of subconsciously when I'm choosing uh, the films. Probably or both. My schedule. I yeah, think pro it's, yeah. It's probably it's it's probably luck and probably maybe where you're at. Yeah, I'm. You know what I? I want to say this year, um, and this isn't exactly surprising, but a lot of films based on true stories, um, which I don't tend to gravitate towards, but this year I ended up, when I finally looked at my somewhat finalized schedule, I was like, oh, there's a lot of based on true stories happening here. Um, that said, I'm, I, I'm happy to say that a lot of them I felt took a bit of an innovative approach or tried to play with the conventions of like a based on a true story. Sure, um, because they can be really stale right mm -hmm. like like biopics have been around for a long long time yeah they um, can be very i would say um very they can careful trickly you know very syrupy very kind of golden tinted yeah. the other day i was flipping channels i passed by a beautiful mind mm -hmm. i was like oh yeah i remember when this was a thing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and i found like origin i thought like duvernay took such an interesting and innovative approach to mm -hmm. how she told that story um for example, I, as I mentioned, I just saw Next Goal Wins, um, oh, yeah. which is also based on true story. Um, that's the new, for people who may not know, that's the new film by Taika Waititi. Exactly. And that one I found quite interesting because although it is based on a true story and it's a sports film, so there, ten, there tends to be a lot of kind of conventions and, and beats that you have to hit with those films, but it is very much a Taika sports movie <laughs> and he kind of, or like, using that phrase embraces the suck okay. um, and is not afraid to kind of like take a very irreverent and very fun um, but but loving approach to this sort of underdog sports team gotcha. even though um, you know I don't actually I actually know I don't want to spoil anything okay. but he he takes a very I would say like irreverent approach to um, a film that could have been or perhaps in other hands would have been very like as you said very kind of uh, conventional or formulaic on the um, way over i asked you if it was like the mighty ducks yes yes <laughs> and i would say like again as i mentioned i don't unfortunately don't really remember the mighty ducks too well but um i want to say that it it did give me the vibe of those classic like 90s sports comedies okay but in a way that that is very much taika's voice <laughs> Gotcha. Um, I think for me, if there was a trend to my movies, there there was a lot of um, a lot of stories and and sto uh, narrative beats that touched on identity mm -hmm. uh, through the week. I mean, I watched um, Solo, 
the, the film about the Montreal drag scene. And that film was very, very much about wanting to be seen, right? Um, there, there, there's a deep, deep need by the lead character to be seen for who he is, um, you know, as a, as, a, as, a, as a drag queen, as a queer man, um, you know, as, as a son, as a brother who just wants to be... And he's not, like, it's not like he's oppressed, but just like a lot of us, he feels that he has to be something he may not fit into. Yeah. Um, another film I saw, gorgeous, gorgeous film I saw that's actually kind of a tough watch, um, Benel Yadama, a film from Senegal. Um, the lead uh, woman in that film, who is not an actor, actually, that the whole film is non-actors, mm. that the director just cast because they fit the, um, the, the culture and, or they fit the look that she was going for. She actually said that like her lead actress she found walking down the street. Yeah, but that lead character, um, you know, she lives in a, in a small village um, in Senegal uh, on, the, on, the, on the plains, and there, it's a very insulated... Um, secular culture to the point where you know they think that a drought is a direct response to not having children you know so she just wants to live her life to have her home to have her partner and you know be but everybody around her wants her to be something else so those kinds of themes of identity were just like all the same thing you know um in, in We Grown Now, same sort of thing. The kids want to be seen, that they were there, that they existed. That was very much... I love that you said that because that also kind of has me reflecting on some of the films, including the like the based on true story ones and the fiction ones as well, that are like the, they're the ones that aren't based on um, like existing stories. They're very much, I found, was a theme in a lot of the films, comedy, drama, you name it, where they were making um or they were very much tying a specific point in time or someone's lived experience to kind of topical social issues that we're experiencing today yeah yeah um a beautiful very haunting beautiful film i saw um which is also canadian called the king tide um it's a magical realist sort of folk tale um highly recommend it and the, I had the you know privilege of watching the Q and A, and the director, and the two writers, and some of the cast were there, and the two writers were mentioning that this very much is like grounded in and very much um, informed by like East Coast like maritime culture, but the kind of like larger idea is very much informed by kind of what we're seeing today with um, you know rising populism and the sort of like insularity right, of certain. Right dominant countries sure. um, and this fear of the other and fear of losing culture yeah. um, so that was something I saw like again the King Tide drama but even um, you know there, there's very much ties I'm trying to think of some other ones that I noticed like um, say Uproar for example I had uh, the pleasure of speaking with the directors and I mentioned that the first film out of New Zealand I ever saw was Whale Rider oh, yeah. and we had a great conversation about that because they said that played here it played here it actually won the People's Choice that's Award. right I remember and yeah. I told them that was the first film out of New Zealand I ever saw I absolutely adored it I was the annoying kid that forced all my family <laughs> to watch it multiple times and they said you know what that's amazing because it's very much rooted in a specific culture in a very specific time and place okay but the fact that like someone like me like a you know 
white Kid. Canadian girl from yeah. Toronto loved it so much and, and could you know find some ways to make a connection or relate to the story at hand they were sort of saying like that's sort of what we hope happens with upwards very much rooted in the maori culture and new zealand during that time in, in 1981 but it's still very relevant today um yeah. there's still a lot of things that are happening that are almost like repetitions of, of of what we saw back then so i've been finding a theme where a lot of um these films are speaking to a specific time and place but at the same time at, at a larger level speaking to something that is uh like a like a social issue that all of us have some sort of yeah. sort, some sort of stake in. I'm I'm really happy that we that we're that we're afforded this that we mm -hmm. continue to be afforded this. Um, you know, like who knows what happens year to year, and both in terms of like our culture, this planet, our lives. Yes. Um, you know, and like I, waiting in line to go into films. I was talking about twice over. I talked about how this is my twenty second full festival. And then one before where I just had like a few. I'm lucky, you know, if I never get to see another one again, I did more than 20, I, I would count myself lucky. Um, so we hope that, you know, you've enjoyed listening to this. Uh, we hope that maybe you'll go and find some of these movies that we've talked about. Um, there's reviews up on the matinee.ca if you want to uh, read about every, pretty much everything this time that I saw, because I only saw seven, so I had time to write. Um, your pieces are, where are your pieces published? So my pieces will be, um on my blog, uh, which is torontofilmfiles.wordpress.com, and also on Wiley Writes. There will be links uh, in the show notes for this podcast. Please go read Jolie's work. Um, give mine a look if you have time after that. Um, and um, this has been our, our little audio dispatch. We're going to get back to the full matinee cast in about three weeks, early October. Uh, I'm, I'm traveling right at the end of September, so getting back into all of that is going to take a little bit of adjusting. Um, but watch your feeds because we'll talk. I'll make sure that I uh, send out flags of uh, what we're going to talk about next and when. And uh, Jolie is always around, so you can hear uh, her voice on on the show. I'm sure. I'm sure I'm going to call you in again before the end of the year to call me to anytime. do something. I love our Oh, here's the sirens. It's time for us to go. For Joe Lee, I'm Ryan. We'll see you at TIFF.